This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everyone. I'm Carrie Lippert Gillespie, and this is The Homestand, the official podcast of the Kansas City Royals. Each episode, we're bringing on a new guest to connect you in a fun, exciting way to the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you subscribe on Apple and Spotify so that you never miss a thing. I am so excited, honored, thrilled. Uh, what other adjectives can I use to welcome our guest today, Vinny Pasquantino? How you doing? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me on. We've got quite the setup in here. This is uh, this is pretty cool. It. We did this all for you. Thank you. Thank yes. You. Have you been back here before? I have. I. I think somewhere. Not to brag, I think my name's in here somewhere for the player of the year from last year. I don't know where they put it. It, was, it used to be over there. I saw it a few years ago. Um, but it's somewhere in here. So anytime you can be in any sort of Hall of Fame, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty dope. Uh, glad to hear. You can definitely brag. My name's not in here, so uh, you should definitely brag about that. We're excited to have you here today, and we're excited to get to know you a little bit more now, let's start out at the beginning. You grew up in Virginia. I would really love to know, knowing you a little bit now as an adult, what was like child Vinny like? Uh, probably the most annoying child you've ever met in your life. <laughs> uh, just based off how my personality is, it's probably still the same way as it was when I was a kid. There's nobody that has uh, no opinion. It's either you really like me or you really hate me. And it was probably the exact same when I was a kid. So probably just depended. But um, I liked doing things. I liked being outside. I liked, you know, I, I did uh, drama in middle school and high school, did theater, uh, played sports, did a bunch of stuff. So I was always just kind of active on the move. Uh, that's just kind of who I was. Did you have siblings? I have a, I have a brother. He's 30 now. Uh, Zach, um, we didn't really get along when I was growing up. Uh, I was the sports guy. He was the, uh, he was the skateboarder. So we had, we lived two completely different lives, but we're close now. And he's got two beautiful daughters and, and a beautiful wife. So, uh, it's pretty cool that we're connecting now more as we, we are becoming adults. How did your mom like keep you busy? You know, I picture a kid who like can't sit still, like it's kind of like you give them something and you're like, go play, but then they're bored in a second and you got to like find the next thing. So how did your poor mother like keep you busy basically? Uh, it was basically just, here's a football, go outside, um, go play with your friends. That's kind of, that's kind of what it was. Uh, both my parents did a great job of always, you know, they were always driving me to tournaments, different things like that. So it mostly revolved around baseball, but it was mostly just about doing something, getting out and, you know, hanging out with friends, something like that. So they were always really encouraging of uh, me following what I wanted to do. Um, so if there was something I wanted to do, uh, they were pretty open to letting me go do that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, now, sports, obviously baseball, but other sports did you play growing up? Like, were you automatically athletic from the get-go? Oh, no. No, I'm, <laughs> I still wouldn't describe myself as athletic by any means. Uh, I played soccer, but I wasn't good enough with my feet, so I was the goalie. Um, so I don't even know if that really counts as playing soccer. Um, I played basketball. I used to be really short, so I was a point guard. Uh, I don't believe that. When, yeah. did, when were you like, when well, did this happen? To describe how short I was, if you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings in sixth grade, I was the, uh, I was Bilbo Baggins in the Hobbit, oh, the wow. school play. So that describes how short I was, um, that I played a dwarf or a, 
but a hobbit, I guess, would be <laughs> that is what it is described <laughs> as. So, so yeah, um, I didn't really start growing until I was a freshman or sophomore in high school. All right. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a fun fact. Played uh, Bilbo Baggins, uh, you know, in the school play. That's good to know. So you played other sports. You would say you're not athletic, but what were some other like cornerstones of your childhood growing up? What were your parents like? Tell us some just about mom and dad. Uh, my mom, she used to be a nurse. I actually, she went back to school when I was probably in middle school. Um, I believe she got her master's degree. Uh, she's now a nurse case manager, um, which the, I, this is just unbelievably disrespectful of me to say, but I basically call her a snitch. Um, she works for, uh, uh, like cases where people get hurt at work. I don't even know how, what is the word? Yeah, Those, yeah. But she basically says if they're telling the truth or not. They, <laughs> she works for um, a company that hires her to do that. So she basically, but she's also on the people's side, you know, if they were correct. So you're saying she can sniff out a lie. Yeah, she could sniff out a lie. And, you know, that, you know, that hurt my childhood a little yes, bit. Yes, uh, yes, the teen years. Yeah. So, and then my dad, he's just like the smartest person I've ever met. He's just kind of a big time nerd. Um, he, 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 basically just sits on his computer all day. I have no idea what he does. He's that smart. He's one of those guys. I believe he's in IT. Um, and basically my conversation with him is, how is work today? He says good. And we just move on from there because I don't understand <laughs> it at all. So, but my dad, it was always, we always have a baseball centric relationship. I mean, we talk after every single game still. Um, and we always just, you know, we just talk shop basically. And it's always been the same way. We have the same conversations now as we did when I was, a, when I was a kid. So it's, a, it's pretty cool to have that consistency in my life. My parents, you know, they've always been around. They've always been, uh, you know, really loving towards me, which is cool. Um, and they've always pushed me to do what I want. Like I, we had a conversation the other night where they basically said, like, you know, if you didn't play baseball, we would still like you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always nice to hear from your parents um, that they don't like you because of the job that you have. So uh, my parents are great and I'm really super thankful for them. That's so awesome. I am not that familiar with Richmond. Tell me some about Richmond, Virginia. Uh, to be honest, I don't have much either for you. I just grew up there. I don't live there anymore. So, um, <laughs> Richmond was a really, uh, like if you go downtown, it's a pretty cool artsy city. Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of what it's known for is kind of it's, it's art. Uh, VCU is a school down there. It's a, um, a lot of my friends from high school went there for art. Um, so that's all I really know about it. I haven't really been back there. I go back every year for a few weeks at a time, mm -hmm. but that's about it. So I'm in Nashville now. That's where that's where my girlfriend and I live. I love that. So Richmond's where you grew up, but then you went to college at Old Dominion, which is in Norfolk, which is, am I saying that correctly, by the way? I've heard it said a couple different ways. I say Norfolk. Um, I don't really, you know, I don't really care how you say it. I don't want to disrespect yeah. any of the locals. For you the know. most part, I think everybody's okay with however you say it, because I think they're just happy that you're talking about their city. All right. We love to see that. We yeah. love to hear that. So you went to college in, at Old Dominion there, and that's more like on the coast mm -hmm. um, of the state. Uh, tell us what it's like there. Yeah. Uh, so Old Dominion's in Norfolk. Uh, Virginia Beach is about 20 minutes away. But when I got recruited, and this is a direct shot at Carl Nonamaker, if you're watching, I'm looking in the camera, I'm talking to you. Um, the way it was, the way we were recruited, and anybody who was recruited there by him will tell you that the way he described it was as a beach school where there were girls everywhere and you were on the beach all the time. Um, that is not the case because it's not on the beach. So 
you're actually you're connected to the city downtown it's not downtown but it's right next to downtown and the beach is about 25 minutes away so that's just kind of how recruiting goes uh you got you know you go to the beach for sure you go to the beach but it's a good 30 minute drive out there you get all the sand all over you and then in your car and you have to drive back home which is not the greatest not the greatest drive in the world but i loved old dominion um I love Carl Nottemaker, who recruited me there. Uh, he's at Auburn now, just going to the College World Series every year. Um, but yeah, Old Dominion was great. Um, head coach there, Chris Finwood. I always thought he treated us as professionals. And that, I think that really helped me kind of learn how to be a professional nowadays um, with the way that he coached us. So I'm really thankful for Old Dominion. And I, you know, I always have a sense of pride when I see them doing well or when I go back. So you were recruited under false pretenses, first of all. But it ended up being okay. You ended up loving it there. And, and, and really- I, met, I met my girlfriend Ryan there. So it was true that there were girls there. She was there. We live together here now and in Nashville. So, so he was right on the money with that. Um, I couldn't be more thankful for anybody more than her. I love that. Okay, so you owe him there. There were girls there. There was a beach. It wasn't right next door. You had to walk away as driveaways. That's right. Okay, so it all worked out in the end. Was there anywhere else that you thought about going or anywhere else you were, were recruited to that you kind of played around with going somewhere else? Uh, there was a few places, but I'm just really happy I went to Old Dominion. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Any buddies from there that you still keep in touch with are still playing and you still like have close contact with? Yeah, yeah. Um there's there's a bunch of guys still playing professionally now, um, but yeah, I've got a I've got a clo- good couple of really close friends from there. Uh, Kyle Battle, Corey Alexander, um, and Bryce Windham. Bryce is with the Cubs. Kyle's with the Yankees, and Corey's playing in New York right now. So um, it's a it's a pretty special environment. I'm really happy that I was able to keep some really close friends from there. Um, those are just a few that I mentioned. There's plenty more that um, deserve to be mentioned, but I'm not going to right now. So. Um, those are my guys and you know, we still talk pretty much daily. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's take a quick break here. You mentioned your girlfriend. I want to circle back to that some because I know firsthand how important uh, you know, this lifestyle is to have a support system behind you. You already talked about your family, your parents who would still love you, even if you, you know, were, I don't know, a librarian or a teacher or something like that, which is great. Tell us some about how her support has meant to you all along. She was a college athlete as well, correct? Right. She played soccer at Old Dominion. Um, and the be- it sounds weird, I guess, but the best way, the best thing that she does is she doesn't care about baseball. So I don't have to go home and talk about it nonstop and just relive at bats, relive the game, whatever it is. Like she likes me for me. And that's pretty cool knowing that, you know, kind of what I touched on before, if I stopped playing baseball today, I'd still have somebody in my life that cares about me because in this profession, especially with any profession, I mean, sometimes people get attracted to kind of what you do, not who you are. So it's, for me, it's really important to have that work-life balance of knowing that I'm Vinny Pasquantino, the human, not just Vinny Pasquantino, the baseball player. So she does a really good job of, you know, keeping me grounded if I'm doing too well or uplifting me if I'm not doing well at the field. Um, because as you, you know, you're surrounded by baseball players all the time, like it's tough to, it's tough to get it away from it. Um, you really would like to, but 
you know, your confidence is a little up if you're hitting well, or it is a little down if you're not hitting well. It's just kind of how it goes. Um, so I'm super lucky to have somebody in my life that doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, you know, if I'm in a bad mood, she's going to call me out on being in a bad mood. Or if I'm in a good mood, she's going to be happy because I'm in a good mood. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm just, I'm really blessed to have her in my life. And we've got our dog bear, our German shepherd with us too. Um, so it's just, it's really cool being able to get away from baseball and actually spend time with family, you know, thinking about family. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up Bear the Dog because uh, I know from your social media and stuff, big Bear the Dog fans, uh, and he's really great. Tell us some about him. I know you rescued him, which I love. So tell us some about Bear the Dog. Yeah. So we were in, uh, my rookie ball was in Burlington, North Carolina, the Burlington Royals, who are no longer an affiliated team, but they're now the Burlington Sock Puppets uh, in the Appalachian College Baseball League. Uh, so that's an interesting name. Uh, say, is that real? Yeah, it is real. Um, and she, Ryan had come to visit me and we had always talked about getting a dog and we decided that we wanted a German shepherd who was house trained, who wasn't a puppy, you know, could be in a crate, you know, basically could travel around. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, I mean, those are pretty strict regulations of what you need for a dog. So we we're just kind of looking around. We go to the shelter and wouldn't, you know, bear was right there everything we needed everything we wanted he ended up being free um, because of the timing when we were at the shelter so I would not recommend to any rookie ball baseball player to go adopt a dog but if you're lucky enough to have the you know a girlfriend like mine who's willing to watch that dog uh, while you're in season and then you can help out in the off season yeah um, then I would do it Uh, but we just got super lucky that he was there and you know ever since then I mean the guy's my best friend we do everything together um he won't go to the bathroom in the backyard at my house, though, which is kind of annoying because I have to now take him on walks. So, you know, I get that little special time with him in the morning instead of him just going outside and doing what he needs to do. But, you know, I'm not upset about it or anything. Talk That's about right. someone keeping you humble. Yeah. Bear yeah, the dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, we're still working on him in social situations, making sure he isn't so protective, especially over her, because he is a very protective dog. So we're still working through that. Um but he goes to daycare every day. And back in Nashville, I used to work at, I used to work at a daycare, my second home pet resort. Shout out to you guys. Uh, I, I worked there in 2020 and 2021, and uh, he goes there every day. Um, and out here, that that place, Bar K, the I best. went over there yesterday. Shout out Bar um, So shout out Bar K. That place was awesome. Except my anxiety is always a little bit higher because he is a German Shepherd. So I know that there's always a target on his back as soon as we walk into a place like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm always just eyeballing him the entire time um and he was great so you know i'm happy to have him here and he's another reason that it's easy to kind of uh you know be able to be me when i'm off the field because i have you know i have a dog now is ryan and um and bear the dog are they here during the season most of the time or do they go back and forth from here to nashville yeah it's kind of funny um if you want to look at my personal statistics i'm only bringing this up for uh they moved in right at the beginning of August when we got back from Chicago. If you want to look up my personal stats starting that that homestand, go ahead. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that's when they got here. Um, She was going to move to Omaha uh, in July right after the break, but I got called up at the end of June, which in no way am I complaining about that at all. I'm very happy about that. Uh, So we kind of pushed it back a little bit because of the way her job structure works back at home. Um, She was able to take time uh, starting at the beginning of August through the rest of the season. And so she's here now through then, and then we'll move back to Nashville 
uh, when the season ends. What made you guys pick Nashville, by the way? I know there's a lot of baseball players that set up shop there in the offseason. The weather's really great. It's kind of moderate in the, in the winter, but why did you guys pick Nashville? Uh, it's where I train at in the offseason, okay. so it was easier to just kind of fully move out there as opposed to going out there for weeks at a time. Yeah. Um, so the facility that I train at is out there. Brent Rooker, who's on the team now, yeah. Daniel Lynch, um, Brandon Lau, who's on the Rays, who we just played, he's out there. So there's a, there's a pretty good nucleus of guys that um, train at that one specific facility. So we, we call it home now. Yeah, that was kind of my next question was, does it give you comfort to be able to, in the offseason, do stuff with those guys and bounce ideas off them? Yeah, I think that's the coolest part of it is because, especially high, high-end professional athletes, I mean, you're learning from each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you pick up something from somebody, even if it's small, um, it can help extend your career or get your career in the, going on the right track that you want it to. So I think that is, that's the melting pot for some of the most important things that we do is just talking to each other. Like, what do you feel? What do I feel? Uh, what can help you feel this? What can help you feel that? Whatever it is. I mean, I think that's where the, the biggest growth as a baseball player happens is when you're around your peers, you're learning from those guys. Um, and some of these coaches too, I mean, these guys are so good now with trying to figure out, I mean, even if you talk about biomechanically, some of these things that guys are able to do um, to just show you on like 3D models or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, like if I can get to my body into this position, this result can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a pretty special thing being able to see, especially because hitters work so differently. Um, you could have a guy who wants to only train high velocity machines. You have one guy who wants to just do short, slow flips and it gets you to the same result. And it's just really cool to me how baseball is when many different like training processes lead to similar or the same results. Like that's a really cool thing to me. So that is some of the most important things that we do is that training in the off season when we're just around other guys who are doing the same thing. Does that overwhelm you? You know, like all the stats these days, and I know it's great hearing, oh, you're hitting the ball at over 100 miles an hour, you know, every time it leaves your bat, blah, 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 all this other stuff. But there's also like a a positive and a negative to that. To be the best at it, you can't use all analytics or all non-analytics. I think there's a mix in the middle that, and this is just my opinion, I'm not stating a fact or anything, it's just my opinion, is like you can't be a full analytical-minded player, but you also can't be a fully old-school in quotations, mindset player. I mean, there's a mix where it's like, okay, I understand this data and what either the data on the pitcher says or the data on my swing says, but at the same time, I need to just go be a hitter at some point. I mean, there's that give and take of, it's like, throw the analytics out the window, it's me versus you right now. But then there's also that aspect of, okay, yeah, it's me versus you, but you do this and I do this well, so I'm say you, your strength matches my weakness, okay, I know that. So I need to find some other way to beat you. Um, and I think that's all it is. It's just, it's trying to find that process that leads to results because the problem in baseball is you can't but so much control your result. Um, you can control hitting the ball hard or you can control hitting it at a certain angle, so to speak, but you can't control that ball falling or the guy in right field not seeing the ball and it ends up falling or a guy getting an unbelievable jump on the ball or depending on where the defense is played. I, there's just so many aspects going on. The only thing you really can control is the quality of at-bats that you have, and that's what I try to focus on. Yeah, it's so funny you say that, actually, because I was talking to Rex Hudler a couple weeks ago, and Rex played 10 years in the minor leagues, 10 years in the major leagues, and he kind of told me, I kind of asked him something similar, like even just enduring 10 years in, in the minor leagues to get to the major leagues, and I kind of asked him, like, how do you break it all down? And he said something similar. He's like, when, you know, in my head, I really kind of have to dumb it down that at, at the time, every at-bat is just m- me against that guy. It's me trying to, you 
you know, build a family for, you know, for my family, build a life for my family against that guy. You know, you're all, it's all your job. You're all trying to make money and do your thing. But I was really taken aback by the simplicity of it, especially in a day and age where there's so much uh, that people try and cloud our minds well, with. It's, it's just kind of funny because um, the game is just a revolving door. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to, I got into this conversation with somebody one time where they were talking about how back in like the 70s, 70s and 80s, that style of baseball, guys would be very willing to move up or back or away from the plate, like move around in the box mm-hmm. for no reason other than this, this pitcher's doing this, so I'm going to move to attack him this way. And then there was a span where people were like, no, stay in, stay in your same spot because you're going to be able to see the ball better if you're more consistent of what you do. Mm-hmm. And then nowadays it's becoming more, okay, analytically it says this guy has a this certain good pitch or whatever. Move up in the box because you'll be able to match that pitch and it won't look as good if you move. So it's kind of funny is both the old school and the new school mindsets were doing the same thing. There's just a different way of describing why you do that thing. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the funny part about baseball. It's the same game. It's just like nobody's really changing anything that's happening in the game per se. It's still a pitcher throwing to a batter. The fielders are trying to get that batter out. And it's just different ways of trying to break it down to figure out the best way to get the best results. And that's just kind of the funny part to me is we're, it's the same goal. The goal is score more runs than the other team. But within, within that goal, there's 27 outs. So there's 27 other goals that you need to do. You get four to five at bats that night. There's four to five goals that you have. Like It's just kind of funny how if you break the game down into small chunks, it's the game within the game within the game. And you just, if you keep going down that rabbit hole, it's just like, oh my Lord, this is a lot of information to take in. Or if you go the other way and just say, I've just got to hit four to five times tonight. That's it. Yeah. Like It's just kind of funny. You can make it as simple or as complex as you want. And with how smart guys are getting nowadays with how they're looking at data, they can do whatever they want because they know what makes them like, I mean, we do tests to see what kind of learner we are. Are we a visual learner or are you a like look at paper type of learner? Are you, a, you know, different things like that, that organizations are doing nowadays to figure out what helps guys be at their best. Yeah. So it sounds like you have a really good grasp on like the mental side of baseball. Did you always have that? Or did you have to go through a process of like kind of getting your head around the fact that there's so much of this game that the mental aspect needs to be in line? Well, I I think it kind of starts with like, if you were to ask me what my biggest strength would be, I would say the mental side is where, where I believe that I like between my physical tools and my mental tools, I think my mental tools are better than my mental or my physical tools. And I think that became of just from being a fan of the game of just kind of learning from guys of the past and not necessarily on purpose learning from them, but just watching guys and how they go about their business and how they play the game and how many ups and downs there are um, just throughout a season. So for me, if I'm able to learn from these guys and I'm able to put it into my own, you know, my own mindset, then I'll be in a good spot because you simply can't be hot for a month, like, and, or more. And you simply, like, if you're doing the right things, you can't be cold for that amount of time either. So I, I personally don't believe in hot and cold streaks for that reason, because I think if you put a title on it, like, oh, this guy's hot or this guy's cold, that's going to live in his mind mm-hmm. and it's going to make negative things happen. It's going to continue that cold streak or it's going to lose that hot streak per se. Yeah. If, if your mindset is, oh, I'm hot right now, what happens when the hits stop falling? Because if you keep that mindset of thinking, okay, I'm hot, everything's falling, what happens when they stop? You kind of freak out. Or if you're cold and nothing is falling for you, what happens when they do start falling? Then mm-hmm. what do you do? Do you gain extra confidence because you're getting a few more hits? Like the way I look at it is like I try to find a way every day in my work to make sure that I'm the most confident I can possibly be 
when I step into the box because the at-bat I just had doesn't matter. The at-bat I'm going to have next doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is when I step in the box for that at-bat. How do you center yourself and get in that mindset? And when things arise where you're taken away from it for whatever reason, whether it's good or bad, like how do you recenter your focus to be like, all we got is right here, right now, this at-bat, me versus him? Yeah, I, I, for me, it's looking at the quality of just simple at-bats. Um, there, it doesn't really get used anymore, but there used to be a stat called quabs, which was quality at-bats. And I think some, some places still use it and some don't, but there's basically different ways for the at-bat to be considered quality. And that was hit, walk, hit by pitch, sack fly, like sack bunt, or seeing seven pitches or more. Um, there's a bunt, I think there was 10 ways for there to be a quality at bat, something like that. But that's kind of, I have my own formula on what makes a quality at bat. And some of that is based off the contact that was made. Some of that is based off of the job that needed to be done. And, you know, I have my own way to figure that out. That, you know, helps me sleep at night. If knowing I did whatever I could do to help the team win that night, I can sleep at night, win or lose, because um, results are a big part of this game. But if you kind of are able to strip that back and just be like, okay, did I do what I needed to do to put my team in a position to succeed that day? Yes or no? You know, you go from there. Yeah, it sounds like you have a really like strong internal compass, which is something that I really respect about you as I've seen you go about your business in the locker room and how you interact with guys. And you just had a big award, player of the week last week. And so, I mean, keeping yourself centered and knowing that like this could all go away tomorrow and like I'm still going to be Vinny and it's still going to be about me as a person. Yeah, the the most I've talked about this a lot. Uh, his name's Cam Kohler. He was a teacher of mine. He's one of my best friends now. Um the most important conversation I've ever had in my life, and I get a little emotional talking about this conversation, but when I was a senior in high school, it looked like I had a chance to get drafted. I don't know if I was going to or not, but I ended up getting injured for the entire season right at the beginning of the season. So professional dreams out the window. I didn't know if Old Dominion was still gonna let me come because I was hurt. I didn't know if I was gonna be able to play my freshman year at that time. And he called me and he said, hey, like, this isn't something you want to hear right now, but this is your first opportunity ever to show the school, the world, whatever it may be, that, like, you're a human being. You're not just an athlete who everybody thinks could make a lot of money or, you know, whatever it is. Um, he's like, this is your opportunity to show everybody here who Vinny Pasquantino is. And that was kind of the, the light switch for me of just being like, that's so right. Like, if this ended today... I wake up tomorrow with a smile on my face and we move on. Um, is baseball everything I've always wanted to do? Absolutely. But that conversation and, you know, from things, different things I've said about my parents and things like that and my girlfriend, like, we've been able to put myself in a position where at least just mentally, if I did not do what I love to do, which is baseball, I would find something else I love to do and try to attack that however I wanted to. Um, and basically from then, it was just like, okay, baseball is just something I love to do. That's it. I'm not going to make it any more than that. I love playing. I'm going to play as long as the game will have me, and we'll see what happens from there. Um, but at the end of the day, I go to sleep at night. I'm able to look in the mirror and be like, you are who you want to be. Um, and that's pretty important to me. Yeah, I love that. That was so great. Let's pause for a word from our sponsors.
Tell us some about your call up. Um, and I kind of heard this story because I was in, you know, the press when you first got called up. We were so excited to have you up here. You know, everyone was anticipating your arrival. You were having a great season down in AAA, and we were just excited to see what you could do. There was a lot of buzz. So when you got up here, there was a ton of media. And I remember you kind of telling the story, but I would love if you could kind of share it with us again. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a Monday morning. We were scheduled to leave for St. Paul, Minnesota at like 3 p.m. So I got up. Um, my roommate, Clay, he went to play golf, and I just kind of stayed in. I was already packed, so I didn't have much to do, so I was about to play video games. And I got a text from my manager, Scott Thorman, and he just said, hey, are you on the golf course right now? And I was like, that's really weird. Why? Why do you care what I'm, <laughs> what I'm doing? I'll be at the bus at three o'clock, like, don't worry. Um, and then he asked me another question, like, where's Jimmy? Jimmy's, Jimmy's my best friend, Jimmy Govern. Um, for about two months straight, we played NHL hockey after every single game in Omaha, literally every single night. Um, and we'd go to lunch together, do everything together. So he texted me, basically, he was like, where's that lunch place that you and Jimmy love? So I told him, El Vallarta, it's right next to the apartments. But I'm also like, why do you care? At this like, point, you're getting annoyed. Right. I'm like, what do you want? Yeah. Like, no offense, <laughs> Thor. We see each other six days a week, right? And I'm like, we don't need to do this. Whatever <laughs> this is, like, we're good. Like, you got something to say, say it, you know? Like, we don't need to just kind of just sit here. But at that point, I kind of knew something was up. Um, my heart starts beating really fast. And so at this point, like, I can't just sit down and play video games. So I start, like, cleaning which if you know me is not a very common occurrence. So I start cleaning, I'm like getting the trash together, wiping down like, you know, whatever. I, I can't speak today. Wiping down countertops, there's the word I'm looking for. And then I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna take the trash out. And as I'm taking the trash out, uh, Thor and two of our other coaches, Tommy Shields and Ryan Powers are walking down the hall. And that's kind of when it hit me that I'm about to get called up to the big leagues. Or I'm like about to get released or something. It could, <laughs> One it, or the other. Something, something's going to happen because um, he wouldn't just come over to the to the apartment. So then he, you know, he just kind of looked me at and said, "Hey, you're going to want to drop those trash bags. You, you're going to the big leagues." And I, you know, I lost all feeling in my body. I didn't know what to do. So we finished the trash trip, uh, took those to the disposal, and then went back to the room and um, called my dad. He didn't believe me. Um, I said, hey, Dad, um, we need to get you on a flight to Kansas City. I'm getting called up. And he was legitimately goes, yeah, okay. And he'll tell the story. He thought I was in the same room with Massey and Jimmy and a few other guys and that we were just messing around with them. So then Thor gets on the phone. Hey, Dennis, this is Scott Thorman, like Vinny's manager. And then my dad got even more suspicious because he thought it was just one of the other guys. He had never talked to Thor before, so he thought it was just one of the guys, and he didn't believe him then. So then I said, all right, well, I'm telling the truth but I'm going to call mom because she'll probably actually be happy for me. <laughs> uh, so so then, then I called my mom. She believed me, which was great. Um, Thanks, mom. Yeah, then I called Ryan. Then I doubled back to my dad, and we were able to talk and be like, no, this is actually happening, and I'm active tonight, so I got to actually get going and head to Kansas City. So that was kind of the story. Is a, you know, it's a pretty special day. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I loved hearing it again. You know, the, even the first time, it's always fun hearing someone's dream come true and then having you here and just seeing all the media here. I'm sure that's exciting, but also nerve wracking at the same time. I mean, I can't imagine you get chai or anything like that. There's never any moment like that where you're just like, oh, dang, like this is all for me. Yeah, I, I, I probably shouldn't admit this, but the only reason, the only way I really get nervous is if I have to sing. So oh, like, wow. if you ask me to sing in front of people, I just won't, I simply won't do it. Well, that takes um, us to our next sec. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, it's just, it just won't, I'll just leave. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it just won't happen. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that's so exciting and fun. We have a couple other fun things, though, we want to talk with you about before you leave. Uh, first thing is, you said you're a video game guy, right? What kind I of video am. games do you find yourself playing most? Uh, well, in the off season, it's literally just Madden. It just came out last week, and I haven't stopped. Okay. So Madden All is right. the one that I play. Now, a couple weeks ago, I was in the clubhouse for pregame pass, and you were sitting there, uh, and you were sipping on a grape soda. Yeah, a and Fanta I came, grape. Yeah, a Fanta grape. And I came over to you, and I said, grape soda, huh? And you said, yeah. And I said, is that, is that the key to hitting dingers? And you, I, you said, I guess so. Any, any story behind the grape soda? No, I just, to be honest, I got in the clubhouse one day, saw that we had grape soda, realized I hadn't had grape soda in a few years, and said, I want it, and had it, and it was awesome. I, I really enjoy Fanta grape soda. There you go. You heard it here first. Uh, the other thing about you is that you are a big breakfast guy, correct? No, my nickname has to do with breakfast. I don't really eat breakfast, to be honest. Okay. Um, I don't know what an Italian breakfast is. It's just what some people refer to me as. Uh-huh. Um, so I get asked all the time, like, what's your favorite breakfast? And I mean, I do have one, but it, it's, I can only eat it if I'm trying to gain weight. It's two hash browns, like five, six eggs, three pieces of bacon, a uh, little chorizo with the eggs and then put cheese and hot sauce and sometimes occasionally a little ranch in it and put it all in a bowl. And that's what I would have for breakfast. But I am I am banned from eating that for probably a very long time. Oh, why is that? Because I'll just gain weight nonstop. Okay. It'll just it'll just happen. It's summer bod working on the summer bod. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't I just simply can't eat that. Well, I actually went through your Twitter and I have some food related tweets that yeah. I would love to have you expand upon. Yeah. All right. So first one, May 3rd at 7, 10 p.m. The tweet, Arby's is underrated. Yeah. Um, I was going to Chipotle one night, was driving by Arby's and in my head, I'm like, man, I haven't had Arby's in a while. Like a beef and cheddar sounds pretty good right now. So I just stopped and it was fantastic. So I just threw out there to the world, just Arby's is underrated and people either loved it or hated it. Um, it was, it was pretty funny how it just, I was literally just sitting there watching TV, eating Arby's and just like, this would be kind of funny. <laughs> and it turns out it, it, it was at least a little bit funny. So yeah. Um, haven't been to Arby's since I got to Kansas city though. I might have to make a, make a trip. You might have to hit one up. All right. Tweet number two, July 18th at 1 30 PM hash browns rock. Yeah. So I was, that was during the all-star break and Ryan and I went to our favorite breakfast spot big bad breakfast we went with her sister and her sister's boyfriend who is a he's on the on the buffalo bills um so good luck to him this upcoming season um and they had really good hash browns that day so then we went to costco afterwards and i was still thinking about those hash browns (laughs) i was like yeah hash browns are underrated or that's what i said right or hash browns browns rock. rock hash browns rock that's right they do rock all types of hash browns they you know i i prefer patties but shredded hash browns rock too i mean as long as they're a little bit crispy and cooked all the way through, I'm in for them. Oh, couldn't agree more. All right, July 28th, 8.15 a.m., pork roll, egg, and cheese is the only way to start a day when in New York. Yeah, so uh, where I went to college at Old Dominion, a lot of guys from New Jersey, I actually got a lot of heat for this tweet because pork roll is a New Jersey thing, so I apologize if I offended any any New York people because uh, they're Taylor Ham up there. But – and. If I get this wrong, I'm going to get a bunch of flack too. But a bunch of my friends are from North Jersey. In North Jersey, I believe, don't quote me on it, I believe they call it pork roll. And in South Jersey, they call it Taylor ham. It's one of the two. I always get it wrong. But we always used to joke about it in college because they say it's the greatest food of all time, a pork roll, egg, and cheese with ketchup, salt, and pepper on it. 
And so when I was in New York, they were busting my chops about it, like saying, you got to go get some, you got to go get some. So I did, and I sent that tweet out for them. Um, and people seemed to like that one too or hate it uh, because I didn't use Taylor Ham. So either way, whatever. Yeah, pork roll's great. All right, so that's been Food Tweets by Vinny Pasquantino. Thank you so much for following along. Uh, yeah, I think people like your food takes. Like you're- it's you know, when you look at my social media, the only thing that really garners any attention is when I tweet about food. So I've really found my honey hole there that yeah. I'm really just gonna attack, uh, especially this off season when it comes to Sundays. I'll let everybody know what I'm eating while I'm watching the New York football jets. I feel like um, you there's room for like some partnerships for Could your be. like personal brand. I'm very willing. Um, you guys just let me know and I'm in. All right, reach out. He's looking for some food partnerships. We have some rapid fire questions before we let you go. Um, but before we get to those, um, I, you're you're a politician and I, I didn't I didn't know that. So I mean, maybe if baseball doesn't work out, you know, you're pretty good. But if baseball doesn't work out, you could maybe be a politician because this is a speech like I have never heard before. Did you win this election? A world language notebook, twenty two dollars. Field trip fee, ten dollars. Lunch money expenses, two seventy five. A vote for Vinny? Priceless. I'm Vinny Pasquantino, and I'm here to tell you why I'm the man for the SEA school-wide presidential job. Not only did I win, I mean, it wasn't even close. Um, Emma Touchette is who I beat. And you beat a girl? In an election. In an election, yes, I did. <laughs> um, yeah, so she was upset about it, but we went to the same high school, and, you know, we got over it. But, yeah, dominated. I mean, just a dominating fashion is how I won this election. Wow. I, my accent has changed since then, I yeah. think. I don't know why I said my own name so weird there, but, <laughs> but hey, that's what the people wanted. It's what they got, so. My favorite part was the, ah, you like the real, like, you know, like, yeah, ah, I, I'm the guy. I can't remember. I've, I'm pretty sure I just straight up stole that, uh, I think, was it MasterCard that did the priceless? Yeah, that was a thing. So I just kind of ripped that from them. So I appreciate MasterCard uh, for, for that. And yeah, I mean, the, the people loved it and I won in astounding fashion. I was the first ever all school president of Tomahawk Creek Elementary School. It, they used to do it sixth, seventh and eighth grade presidents, wow. which by the way, I was a sixth grade president. But then when I was in eighth grade, I was the entire school president. And you know what I promised? We got it done. All right. There we go. We yeah. delivered right there. That's where it all started. All right. Here's our rapid fire questions for you. Uh, favorite movie of all time? Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. All right. Story behind your walk-up song. Which one? The new one or the old one? So the, well, tell us both. Okay. So the story behind the old one, which was Baby, I Love Your Way by Big Mountain was simply because Kyle Isbell would not stop singing me that song in spring training and it got stuck in my head. So I got it. I'm going to use that because it's just in my head. And then the new one is Paisano's Wylin by Andy Mineo. And that was a Michael A. Taylor suggestion. Um, Basically because I'm Italian, so I'm a Paisano, and I'm Wylan, uh, according to Andy Minio. So that's what, we're, that's what we're using right now. All right. We love to see that. Dunkin' or Starbucks? Uh, st- Starbucks. Well, you, you looked pain to say that. I, at school, we had a Dunkin' closer to me, so I always went there, but Ryan likes Starbucks better, and uh, we compromise and get Starbucks. Yeah, that sounds like um, as someone who's married, that's marriage. We uh-huh. compromised and did yep. what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. What's your order? I get, 
If I get made fun of, like, look, I just don't care. I like what I like. I get a venti hot white chocolate mocha with no whipped cream and non-fat milk. If it, it, make fun of me, I don't care. I like it. I like taste. I'm sorry that it tastes good and I like it. You guys don't make fun of Vinny for that. That's a great drink. I actually get that same drink. So it's unbelievable. Basic white girl, like, yeah, that's sorry. I like taste. Yes, there, there you have it, right there. Uh, who in the clubhouse would be your call from jail? <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but Michael A. Taylor. Okay. He, he would come. He would come get me. So Michael A. Um, I. How do you differentiate? You know, we got two Michaels now. We got Michael Massey and Michael A. Taylor. How? Like when you say Michael, what what happens? I'm still not really sure. We have we have more Michaels in this organization on this team than anybody. So we have Skip Mike Matheny. He's he's a Mike, but he's Skip. We have Michael Massey, who I call Michael, but everybody else calls Michael A. Taylor Michael, and I call Michael A. Taylor Mike, but everybody flips those two, so I'm still working on that. And then uh, God, we've got more, and I'm forgetting, and this makes me a bad teammate no. slash person in the organization, but we've got more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the best way to differentiate is just try not to talk to both of them at the same time. Their lockers are semi Yes, yeah, no, and they hit back to back in the order right now. I mean, it's just it's it's kind of just our Mike specialty going on, and other teams, you know, just don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, Mike squared definitely going on. We had a blast chatting with you. Anything else you think that the fans should know about Vinny Pasquantino? Oof, no, <laughs> no, I think we covered a lot. I probably talked about way too many things. So, but no, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was uh, this was fun. Thank you so much, Vinny, for being our guest today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We loved having you for this episode of The Homestand. Make sure that you subscribe, and there'll be more episodes, but you don't want to miss them. Make sure you subscribe. We'll be back next time, and we'll see you then.